Welcome to episode 30 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. You should be having certain points in the year, even if you sell the same thing all year round, where you're having a push on a particular product or a particular service. So you should be having launches or promotions, or you should, you, know, you should be doing, have things on your calendar whereby you're promoting a specific thing for a certain amount of time. Hello, Ian Anderson Gray here. And in this episode of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast, I've got my good friend Janet Murray on the show talking about live video strategy and how to play plan your content. But first, looks like it's time for something completely nutty. Oh, sweetheart, would you like to cuddle up by the wireless? I believe there's a really good concert on on that IAG Radio 3. Oh, yes, I love those concerts. Come on, let's put the wireless on. Hello, and welcome to IAG Radio 3. We're live at the Wigmore Hall tonight for this very special performance. And now with the IAG Chamber Orchestra, Ian Anderson Gray comes to the stage to perform this long-lost work by George Friedrich Handel, the beautiful aria, Oh, Where is Janet Murray? I need to plan my content. I've got a lot of live streams. Oh, who, oh, who can help me? Oh, where is Janet Murray? Oh, where, oh, where, oh, don't despair. Oh, where is Janet Murray? I need to plan my content. I have a lot of live streams. Oh, who, oh, who can help me? Oh, who, oh, who can help me? Oh, where is Janet Murray? Oh, where is Janet Murray? I need to plan my content. I have a lot of live streams. Oh, who, oh, who can help me? Oh, where is Janet Murray? Oh, where, oh, where, oh, don't despair. Oh, where is Janet Oh, I do like that, Ian Anderson Gray. He's got a beautiful voice. What are you talking of? It's a load of rubbish. I think we should put that podcast on I was talking about the other day. That Confident Live one. This is the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. Confident Live Marketing Podcast. With Ian Anderson Gray, helping entrepreneurs level up their impact, authority, and profits through the power of live video. Gain confidence in front of the camera, confidence with technology, and confidence with the content and marketing. Together, we can go live! Hello, it's Ian Anderson Gray. This is episode 30 of the Confident Live Marketing Show. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for listening or watching us live on LinkedIn or Facebook. So today's episode 30, you can find out the show notes at iag.me forward slash 30. But first, I want to announce our first sponsor, which is my good friends at Content 10X. 
Now, I've mentioned Content 10X a lot on this show, and for good reason, because I think they are a perfect match for this podcast and the whole realm of live video. You can go live, you can create that content really quickly and easily. You can then allow Content 10X to take that and explode that across the interwebs in a plethora of different types of content. And I think live video is such a good platform or, or a good medium to create content because it's quick and easy, and then it's very, very easy to repurpose to different types of content, whether it's a blog post or a podcast or social media images. So Content 10X, they provide a full end-to-end repurposing service. They'll take that one piece of content and repurpose it to explode across the internet. Now, if you want to find out more about their service or if you want to do it yourself and you want to get the latest tips and techniques and in content repurposing, then just check out their blog at content10x.com. They've also got a podcast and now a book as well. So just go to content10x.com. And I thank you so much, Amy and the team for sponsoring this podcast. I'm really excited to have my friend Janet Murray on the show. I've been wanting Janet on for quite a while, but she's busy. She's doing all these events. She's uh, speaking all around the world at various conferences. So Janet helps entrepreneurs, coaches, and creators build and monetize their online audience. She's a podcaster, author, and speaker who has spoken all around the world about content, strategy, marketing, and building online audiences. She's also the creator of The Media Diary, which we're going to talk about on the show, a content planning tool for coaches, consultants, experts, and entrepreneurs. Janet, it's great to have you on the show. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to have you on. So yeah, I, I did mean what I said. I've been really looking forward to having you on the show because we've talked a lot on the show about tools and we get a bit geeky with that kind of stuff. And we've also talked a lot about confidence, getting that confidence to get in front of the camera. But we need help with the content and the planning side of things. Without any of those things, we're just not going to get things done. And I know this is a particular passion of yours, something that you work with a lot of clients around the world with, and particularly with the media diary. So I'm excited to talk to you about that. But I always like to ask my guests on the show if we have actually met in real life, where, can you remember where we first or when we first met? Because I've got an appalling memory. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I think we probably met, did we meet at New Media Europe in Manchester a few years ago? Yes, did we meet there? that's right. So that was 2016. 16, I think. And it's kind of funny, actually, a lot of the guests on the show have either, it's been New Media Europe or it's been Youpreneur as well. So I think you were speaking at that event, weren't you? Yeah, I think I was speaking there. You were speaking too, I think, were you? Yes, I was. Mm. Yes. It's a long time ago, isn't it? In in internet terms. Yeah, it's like <laughs> another generation away. <laughs> <laughs> so live video is a bit of a, I suppose it's still a new and sexy tool out there, but you know, why should we consider it? Why video and why live video in particular? Well, I think that more and more we really want to connect with the person behind the brand. Like we don't want to do business with logos. We want to do business with people. We want to get to know them and video, but in particular, live video, I think is the best way to do that. You can really get to know somebody. I love, like, I'm not a fan of video. I'd have to say, I wouldn't say it was my best thing that I do, but I much prefer live video because because I think in live video, you have to be more yourself, don't you? And you have to you have to roll with it. If something goes wrong, you just kind of have to like go with it. And I come from um, a journalistic background where I guess it is more about that. You kind of have to roll with what's going on. And I just feel so much more comfortable. But I think people get to see the, the real you in live 
video like next week I'm doing this um, Christmas market which I know you helped me with last year and I'm getting my clients to sell on live video for the first time and you just know not everything will go perfectly however well that you plan but part of how you deal with that is you know it's kind of like it's real it's authentic and that's why I love live video and I actually prefer it to recorded video. It's interesting because yeah I, I, I feel exactly the same in some many ways I feel a bit of a, a reluctant live video guy because I never thought I would be doing this. And it still does take a lot of effort, less effort than it used to. But I, I still get those nerves before I go live. And that, that brings me on to my next question, which is, do you still get nervous on camera? And have you got any tips for, for people watching or listening? Not really, no. I think that live video is actually what helped me to get less nervous on video because I think with live you have to go with it and if something goes wrong or your connection goes or, I don't know, something goes wrong, you just have to roll with it. And I think that's pre-recorded. When I watch myself on pre-recorded videos, I kind of hate myself (laughs) because I feel like it's not me. But when I see myself on a live video, I often feel it is just much more me, even though it's not perfect. And so my tip is just like experience. The more you do it, the easier it gets and the better that you get. I mean, I still feel a little bit, you still feel a little bit uncomfortable, but not, I feel so much happier than I do on a pre-recorded video. And, And you just relax into it and you become much more natural. And I think that's often where people shine the best. I remember when I first, I think it was Google Hangouts on air and I did my first one of those. I was petrified. It's ridiculous to think about that now. Whereas now, yeah, I have those kind of rush of nerves before I I press the go live button that like now at the moment, we're just having a conversation, aren't we? Uh, which yeah. is which is great. And it is a lot more natural, which is which is fantastic. Have you had any disasters or have you had any any bits that have maybe just caught you out, off guard with your live video? Um, I think the first time that went live on LinkedIn Live, so I was using Twitcher Studio and my connection was a bit iffy that day. I tested it before I went live, but I just went with it and I just said to people, this is the first time I've done it. I'm using Switcher Studio for the first time. I don't know how it's going to go. Just stay with me. And it was fine. And I find that, I mean, it's the same with speaking as well. Like when I work with speakers, I'll often say, if you're nervous, like tell people that you're nervous. I mean, not if you're getting up to a big keynote speech, but if you're speaking (laughs) at an event, it's your first one, then tell people. So I went live and said, look, you know, this is my first LinkedIn Live. I don't know how it's going to go because I've not used it before. I've not used Switcher before. I might make a mistake. And for me, that is the best way to do it is just to be really honest with people. And I think you get a much better um, interaction. But I think if you try to pretend that it's all going to be amazing or you try to pretend that mistakes haven't happened. I mean, we're very forgiving of it on TV, aren't we? I mean, it's basically just like live TV, isn't it? And, you know, if you watch a BBC broadcast and then somebody, you know, outside Westminster and somebody kind of like photo bombs in behind, like... I mean, the presenter just has to go with it, don't they? Or yeah. when you're watching live TV and that's all part of the experience. So I think, yeah, you just got to you just got to go with it. And any disaster I've had, often it's usually been tech related. And, you know, with the best will in the world, you can practice all of this stuff and things will go wrong. You know, <laughs> And I think it's just how you deal with them. Absolutely. And I think you've just got to realise that 99.999% of the people watching you, they're not out to trick you. They're not They're not thinking, I hope she messes up. There might be one person like that, but they're not your ideal customer, are they? So you've got to think about it from that point of view. Jeremy is in LinkedIn and he says, uh, he's from DC, Washington, DC. And he says, with live video, how do you recover if you hear yourself say something incorrect? 
I just say I made a mistake. Mm. <laughs> you know, like I think yeah. you just say I made a mistake. I got that wrong. I tripped over my words. I think perfectionism is like the biggest yeah. enemy that you've got. And I think when you can get over that and when you realize as well that half the people who are watching would probably not be brave enough to go live anyway. So the fact that you are being brave enough to go live and to put yourself out there, most people are actually are, are pretty much behind you and they admire you for doing it um, and they yeah. admire you for getting out and doing it. I did have something funny happen to me that I've just remembered. <laughs> I did have a lady who, after my first LinkedIn Live, this is not a good sales strategy, by the way, like just take it from me, who sent me a message to say that while she'd enjoyed my first LinkedIn Live and while she thought I had some good qualities that actually I needed some help with my public speaking and presentation skills, she basically asked me if I wanted to hire her. That's <laughs> that's not great. That's not the ideal thing. Um, but I think that says more about the person yeah. and them not doing their basic research and them being clumsy in their sales strategy than it does about me. Uh, you know, I, I think I'm not, I'm not that bad. I think there's, there's people probably who will be far worse than me. I'm all right. You know, I think you just have to kind of accept that when you're live on the internet, you might get the odd comment or whatever, but most of the time, most people are far too scared to do what you're doing. And if, if anybody does make a negative comment, it's, it usually comes from, it's more about them basically than it is about you. Yeah, that's so true. And yeah, there's, there's going to be the odd nutter, but you're so right. I mean, going, going live takes action that you need to do. Uh, but once you've done it, it's a great way of creating that content quickly and it doesn't need to be perfect. The, the curse of perfectionism is a real problem for so many. And this is one of the reasons why I love live video, because it actually removes perfectionism because then just not going to be perfect, are they? No. Having said that, we still, I don't know, I mean, I'm sure you're like this too, you know, we still worry about, have I got the best camera, the best audio, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And I've mentioned this before, I didn't go live for a whole month because my background in my mind wasn't good enough. But mm. my audience were waiting for me to, so they were wondering why I wasn't going live. So mm. we need to we need to think about that. We've got some great comments here. Um, we've got Sally Howe is here. So she says, I'm looking forward to learning about getting more confident at live videos. And Tish also mentioned something really cool here, which is all things in baby steps, even if you just start out with audio and go with that. I see nothing wrong with that. And I, I definitely agree. I think actually, this is something you could consider go live with with just audio. You know, uh, there is a live audio on Facebook. Uh, Victoria Sheridan says, I saw your first live video on LinkedIn. It was encouraging. It's how we learn. So thank you. Let's get on to planning. So 2020 is around the corner. Obviously, if you're listening to the podcast in the future, it may be 2021. It doesn't really matter. But with the, the next year coming very soon, how can we plan our content for that year? I know it's a big question, but how would you how would you start? Okay, so I have a process that I can take you through, which will help you do this in like a fraction of the time. So the first thing I suggest people do is just to sit down. I've actually got a template in my diary for this, but you can draw it out on a piece of paper, but I, I will show it to you for those that are watching. I compare it to being like a videographer, actually. So just taking like a look at the whole of your year and just looking at what you're going to be doing in each quarter. So it's just actually saying, what am I going to be doing in my business in each quarter? And in my case, because I've got this media diary, I also encourage people to think about key dates and awareness days that they can use for their content planning. But what am I going to be doing? Now, at this stage, a lot of people trip up and say, well, I don't know what I'm going to be doing in my business in you know, March or February or October. If that's the case, then you haven't got a content problem, you've got a business problem. So you need to have a think about 
you know, it doesn't need to be perfect, um, as we've said with everything, but just what am I going to be selling? Like, have I got any events coming up? Am I going to be launching anything? Is there anything specific? You know, am I going to be attending an event or speaking at an event or whatever? So that's the very first thing. And it's I, I compare it to being like a videographer and you're just taking a wide shot of your year. It's a really simple thing to do. You can do it in a few minutes. Like you can literally just think, okay, uh, what am I going to be doing each quarter? And it doesn't matter if you end up selling something else or something changes. The other question I get asked a lot by coaches or consultants is they'll say, well, I sell the same thing all year round. Well, even if you do, you should have key points in the year where maybe you're upping the ante or you're focusing on a particular service or product. If you're not, then you know, what's going on. Uh, but you know, you should have specifically things that you're working on. So that would be the first step. And then there's a couple of ways that I would suggest that you then break it down into quarters. So once you've got a sense of what are going to be the two or three key things that you're going to be doing each quarter, then it's about breaking it down. And I would suggest that everybody aims for one key weekly piece of content. In fact, I've just been doing a podcast interview with Amy from Content 10X. That's exactly what we were talking about, like taking one key piece of content a week. So that could be, um, ideally, it would be video so what Ian is doing here today is like the model way of doing it so basically creating a live broadcast having different parts of that so we had a little bit of interactive part but now this part is just literally going to be for the podcast uh, stripping out the audio but also and using that for a podcast but also having um, the video content so we won't go into the specifics of that at the moment but what Ian is doing is kind of model model uh, kind of content creation so one key piece of content a week now crucially this should just be something that answers a question that your ideal customers or clients are struggling with. So I suggest most people just start by making a list of questions that they get asked all the time. And I suggest you come up with two columns. So in the first column, questions that people ask you, like general questions. So people ask me questions like, you know, what what kind of content should I be publishing every week? Like how often should I be publishing? Um, how do you create a, a content schedule? They're very general questions that anybody with my expertise could answer, specific questions. So what would be the advantage of me buying the diary? Or should I buy your media diary? Or should I buy the Media Diary Owners Club? How much does it cost? Now, by making a list of those questions, you've automatically got you've got 12 weeks worth of content just by making a list of questions so that's one way of doing it an alternative way of doing it and this is a way which is more strategic and sales orientated but it's to think about what you're going to be selling in each of those quarters so let's say for example i'm going to be launching a podcasting course um in the first quarter of the year, I'm going to be running a podcasting course with another podcaster. So it makes sense for me to think about creating content like around podcasting, because obviously people are going to be interested in that. And it's a way for me to talk about it. So the three types of content I think all of us should be creating in order to take somebody from the point where maybe they don't know us very well and they don't know what we do or how we could help them to the point where they're ready to buy. And it's Dan Knowlton, who's a friend of ours, is a marketing expert. I got this from him, basically. It's not it's not my – I was doing it, but I hadn't come up with the names that – that Dan gives it. So he he talks about three types of content. So awareness content. So that's just content where you're adding value, you're helping out your ideal customers or clients, you're giving them valuable content that and you're answering their questions and just being helpful and you know they're getting to know you. Consideration content is more about when people are actually deciding whether to buy from you or not and I'll talk I'll give you some examples in just a second and then you've got purchase content so that's when you're basically just giving people a link and saying do you want to buy or not so what we have to remember is that most people need seven or eight touch points with us before they'll buy 
often a lot more. So we need to have this kind of content going on ideally all of the time so that when people come into our world, if you like, they, they're getting different types of content. So I'll give you my media diary as an example. So general awareness content would be how do I create a content plan for my business and how to put together a content schedule, how often should I be publishing content, very general things that anybody with my expertise could answer. Very specific things, again, might be I bought the media diary last year, but I didn't use it. Should I buy it again? And that's an example of consideration content. Should I buy the media diary on its own or should I buy the media diary and the media diary owners club, which is a a specific membership that I have? Um, Should I buy the media diary or should I come to your event 2020 sorted? So this is like for questions for people. It's almost like people's objections, actually. So the, the objections that people would have to buy from you. And then the next phase is your purchase content. So what you can do is you can look across a quarter and say, well, I'm going to be launching a podcasting course for example awareness content uh, how do you put together a podcast like how do you choose your title music how do you come up with a theme how do you come up with the names you think of all the questions people would have then you can do some content which is specifically about the podcasting course like you know is this right for me um, is it the right time for me how much does it cost can I pay in installments so you can use all of those questions and and turn that into content and then your purchase content which is just when you're just inviting people to buy so it might be a facebook live that you're running or something like that where people can come and find out about your podcasting course so you can if you want to be really strategic actually plan your content across a quarter like that but the key thing is that you just know what you want to come out of it and i i'm just going to show you this because i'm probably making it sound more complicated than it is but i refer to it as just filling boxes so so for each quarter you've got 12 boxes to fill and you're just coming up with an idea for each week and then from there you can break that idea down you know once you know what your big idea is for each week what your focus is and then you can break it down into something like this when you start to break it down and think well, we're going to post on each platform so does that kind of make sense so far yeah it does so for people who, who didn't see that if you're listening to the podcast i mean it's just a grid of what's happening i think are you kind of breaking it up into like bigger chunks to begin with and then fine-tuning it you you're dig- digging down into the months and into the weeks is that kind of what you're, you're looking? yeah so so for those listening on the podcast basically i've got a sheet here i'm just looking at october november december and and for each week basically there's a there's a box to fill in and there's that box it's just one idea one key cornerstone piece of content so for each quarter potentially you've got 12 13 weeks in each quarter so you're just thinking about an idea for each one of those and then once you've got your main idea then you can start to break it down and say okay well what am I going to post on each day across the week? It really is. For me, it's about breaking it, not trying to do it all at once. If you sit down and you try and plan the whole of January, you're just going to get exhausted. But if you think, okay, well, let's look at the cost of the year. Let's take a quarter at a time. And then once I've done that quarter, I can book in some time in my diary to do the next quarter. But I know roughly what I'm going to be covering because I've already done the annual bit. So it's just about breaking it down. And I just think about it as filling boxes. <laughs> and because of my journalistic background, I mean, that's basically what I did. You know, I always suggest that you think about yourself as an editor of a magazine or a newspaper or something um, and you've got so many slots to fill you know maybe one key slot to fill each week what's going to fill that slot and then how are you going to break it down um, in order to pr- promote it into different ways does that kind of make sense yeah it certainly makes sense and what's kind of funny is i was listening to your podcast recently uh, just the other day so if you haven't uh, subscribed or listened to janet's podcast it's the janet murray show isn't it yeah definitely check that out and you, you were kind of talking about like planning if you're planning a course for like november next year or something and it's 
stuck in my mind thinking that I wonder how many people are actually thinking that far ahead. So many people are thinking, well, I don't really know what I'm doing next month, let alone in November. So this whole idea of planning the whole year is for a lot of businesses is quite quite a challenge, just that way of thinking. And one of the things that you said, this whole idea that, now what was it that you said? I've, I've lost my train of thought now. That's really annoying. What, what I often say that people remember, <laughs> and this is like people call it like a light bulb moment, is if you don't know what you're going to be doing in your business this time next year, you haven't got content problem, you've got a business problem. We all should know roughly, you know, I know because I've plotted out what I'm going to be selling. So I know I'm going to be doing a podcasting course in the first quarter. I know the second quarter, I'm hoping to do a YouTube course. The third quarter, I'm hoping to do email marketing. And the fourth quarter, it's either going to be Instagram or it's it's going to be a blogging course and they're deep dive courses. I've also got my Build Your Online Audience program, which goes across the year. I've got an event happening in November. We've already sold half the tickets for the event that we've got happening in November. I'm potentially got a pop-up event in the summer. So knowing all of that, knowing what I'm going to be selling makes the content part pretty easy because I just have to think about, you know, and, and people will kind of resist and they say, you know, oh, but I don't want to plan that far ahead. Well, if you're in business and you want to make money, you know, that's the way to make money. You know, so, yeah. so I, I've just sold out half of my event for November. It's called 2021 Sorted, just sold half of it out. That gives me the freedom to give me the funds in order to be able to secure that event, to put the deposit down on the venue, to hire all the contractors that I need to make that event go with a bang. And also I've got the other half of the tickets to sell to plan my strategy. But if we're constantly just showing up and only thinking a month or two ahead, then no wonder we're not, you know, this for me is all related to your sales and how much money you're making in your business. And if you're just showing up and you haven't got a clue what you're going to be selling next month or what you're going to be promoting, then this is serious stuff. But, you know, it's not just about the content. It's about your business. Absolutely. And, you know, I think for some people, the idea of like strategy and planning is a scary thing, but it doesn't need to be. And that's why I think this this media planner that you've got is makes it so easy. It makes it less scary. It's this kind of Mm -hmm. like, I mean, I know you can buy these digital versions of of planners, but I think actually having this tactile thing in your hands that you can write down makes such a difference. The other thing that you on on your podcast we're talking about this some people think well but what if I change my mind you know what if uh, you know I I can't plan the whole year because things might change but I think you said you know it doesn't need to be you need to get get it down and if things change Mm -hmm. you can tweak it over time yeah, yeah. So um, I think you know Osman Sharif as well. He's got this great phrase he uses. He's a performance coach for, for entrepreneurs. He's got this great phrase and he says, just apply your best thinking right now. And I just love that because, yeah, at the moment, I think I'm going to be running an Instagram course or a blogging course in the last quarter of the year. It might change. Something else might come up and mm. I might do something else instead. But isn't it better that I've got that in my mind now <laughs> and, I, and I've got something to work towards? And if it changes yeah. or it's tweaked slightly, um, you know, the podcasting thing, like it's better that I know that now because I'm starting to create content around the podcasting course because I know it's going to be launching in January. It's better me knowing that now than knowing in the second week of January and thinking, oops, I think I want to launch a course next week. You know, it's, yeah. it's um, I think people panic about this and think, well, I don't want to be tied down. But again, that's how you make a profitable business. If you don't know what you're going to be selling and you just kind of you know and again the, the thing that comes up a lot is people say this thing but like if they're a coach or consultant I sell the same thing all year round so how can I do launches well you should be unless you've got enough clients in and customers coming your way and in which case I wonder why you would be doing content you know generally the reason people want to do content is because they need to generate leads and they need to have you know get new customers or clients 
then you should be having certain points in the year, even if you sell the same thing all year round where you're having a push on a particular product or a particular service or a particular, you know, you should be having launches or promotions or you should, you know, you should be doing, have things on your calendar whereby you're promoting a specific thing for a certain amount of time. I sound like I'm being really um, preaching now, <laughs> um, but it's just, it's just so important. It's, it's not about the content. It's actually about the profitability of your business. Well, thank you so much for saying that. I think we all need to be reminded of that and, it was spoken with passion. We've got so many comments. This is absolutely fantastic. Tish, this is actually uh, from before. We were talking about the confidence in front of the camera. She was saying, if you line us a bunch of stuffed animals on a couch and pretend they're the audience, that can be a good way of practicing. We've also talked about the idea of actually just getting a, a photo of your ideal client and put it just behind your webcam is, is a really good way of doing it. Sally Howe says, just do it is the message I'm getting. And she also says, Janet's Media Diet is a brilliant way to structure planning your year. Totally agree. On LinkedIn, Scott Smith says, I often say that if you're not embarrassed by your first release, you waited too long. (laughs) I like that one. So just before our second sponsor, I wanted to ask you, you know, let's specifically talk about live video. How can you plan live video in your year and, and your content planning? Okay, so I guess in an ideal world, if you were like Ian and you were doing it the right way, I'm a podcaster, so I started with a podcast and I keep thinking I should change and I should do what Ian's doing basically. But starting with a live video, so just making the commitment to go live once a week at the same time. And people, they start to recognize that. So with my podcast on a Friday, if on the very odd occasion it's been late, people will start to email and say, like, where's your podcast? I'm, I'm dri- I've got a long drive today. Where's your podcast? Or I'm just about to go to the gym or I'm just about to walk the dog where's your podcast and I think not only does that help your audience to get that familiarity because they know you're going to be turning up on a certain day at a certain time but it's brilliant for your accountability as well like I've had the odd time when I've been really busy or when I've been sick and I've just thought you know what I've done I've done now I've just recorded my 381th episode 81st I should say 81 <laughs> 81st it's a live video isn't it like I made a mistake I just had to own it um but I've just recorded my eight, 381st podcast episode and you know I have there have been times when I thought do you know what I'm not feeling it this week and nobody would notice there's plenty of other things for them to listen to but that's not really the point I think you have to get to the point where it's harder not to do it like you know, it's harder not to do it because it just feels wrong if you don't do it. But also your audience come to expect it and that helps to keep you accountable as well. So it's just about sitting, what do they want to hear about what problems, what do they need help with? Today, we're creating a piece of content about live video and being more confident because it's something a lot of people struggle with. They're looking for quite specific tips, but just making that commitment to show up. I mean, maybe get an accountability buddy. Yeah, I know some of my clients have done that where they've actually made a commitment to go live each week and keep each other accountable. And, you know, if, if somebody doesn't go live, then the other person will take them to task or whatever, but they generally do. Um, so it's just, I think knowing what you're going to talk about. And, and again, if you've planned it ahead, if you've already planned out your course and you know like with my podcast I've usually I change it a little bit but I generally know what what's coming up for the next four eight weeks or whatever and, and I normally know what's coming up for the quarter but I often do I do swap things in and out sometimes sometimes something interests me or I meet somebody and think well I must put them on the podcast but generally knowing what's coming up you've planned it out I feel excited about you know, sometimes I have to 
I have an episode that I want to put out. I'm so excited about it, but I have to wait until the following week. Yeah. Um, but it's just like knowing, you know, what, what's coming up, what you're going to be covering, what's going to be helpful for people and having it on the calendar. It just makes such a difference and not trying to do everything, like maybe just one piece of content like you're doing here and then thinking how you can repurpose it into different types of content and, and um, not reinventing the wheel. But that's the key thing. If you know what your ideal customers or clients need help with, if you know what they want to hear about from you and you just make a commitment to you know create what well, even if it's like a five minute Facebook live or it's a five minute Instagram live or something if you just make that commitment I think that is the first step and it's probably the most important step and everything else will kind of go from there commitment consistency I mean I've definitely noticed that that was going to be my focus for this podcast and live show and so far I've not missed missed a week <laughs> and that's I say so far is I'm, I'm committed to this it's going to happen every single week because you've got to think about your audience but you've also got to think about yourself if you miss one session that's when the rot starts to set in i think so we need to be very mm -hmm. careful about that our next sponsor is Streamyard, and i'm actually using Streamyard today to live stream to linkedin live which is very exciting and i'm really excited that Streamyard are sponsoring this show because they are my top recommended live video streaming tool as a web app the great thing about this is it runs through your browser and makes it so easy to use and because it works through your browser it's available for mac and PC users, which is awesome. You've got so many amazing features and it's so simple to use, such as the ability to highlight comments on the screen, add your own titles, having up to five guests on your show. So that's six, including yourself, without any extra software, being able to share your own your screen, being able to add your brand colors, and you can also stream to Facebook, Periscope, LinkedIn Live, and YouTube. Now, all of those features are on the free version of StreamYard. If you want more, there are paid versions of StreamYard and they give you extra features such as being able to add your own logo, overlays, backgrounds and videos. And one of the really cool things is that you can multicast to up to five destinations. Now, this is not for the beginners, this, the multicasting thing. I would never recommend starting with this. But the great thing about this is you can go live to Facebook and LinkedIn at the same time or YouTube and Periscope. And it really allows you to broadcast to a wider audience out there. So check out StreamYard. All you need to do is go to iag.me forward slash StreamYard. You can sign up for a free account. You're, You're listening, listening to the, to the Confident, Confident Live Marketing, Marketing Podcast, Podcast with, with Ian Anderson Gray. So we're we're back now, and we kind of mentioned this a little bit before about the content. But I, a lot of people come to me, and they one of the big barriers to live video is either the technology or it's the confidence in getting in front of the camera. But a big one for a lot of people is they just don't know what they're going to talk about on the live video. You've already mentioned Dan Knowlton's idea. Have you got any other things to say about this? How we and if you're wanting to do a weekly show, how could we go about planning uh, specific types of content for those shows coming up? I think the key thing for me, because I used to deliver radio and TV training as well. And um, when we first started teaching radio, radio and TV training, we used to say to people, I have three points that you want to make. And by the end, by the time I taught it to lots of different people, actually, it was like one thing. Like if people remember one thing from this broadcast or one thing from this podcast or whatever it might be, what would be that takeaway thing? And I think where people go wrong with, live broadcast is that they try to do too much and I think one tiny topic or one question that you get asked all the time like how do you get more confident on video or which tech is that that could be a whole episode and I think what people try to do is they try to cover too much yeah. so just keep it really simple when I go live 
I usually have a card which has like three points on it and I'm a big fan of the number three <laughs> like I do like everything that sounds gonna sound awful isn't it but um I do like everything in threes because in writing like if you use lifts to threes in speech making or whatever there's just something that works about it so when I go live I have like three things points that I want to make never any more than three so there'll be three points if I'm going live solo so three takeaways but I will have a central message if somebody was saying to their friend I heard this really good Facebook broadcast, Facebook live broadcast. It was all about how to put captions on your video. Like somebody should be able to tell a friend just in one sentence. I, I saw a really good live video. It was all about um, how to choose uh, the best engagement ring or whatever it would be. And I think it's just really simplifying like that. What's it about for a start? What are three points that you want to make? And that's it. And the other thing, this is quite a, an interesting thing because sometimes people ask me what what do you call it auto cue that I use and do I use a teleprompter I don't know what you feel Ian but personally I'm not a big fan because I think that I've seen people do it and they're like like this like following along and they suddenly become really really boring like if you know your subject and most of us know our subject inside out we're experts then just having a prompt of three things to say should be enough you'll be a lot more natural if you trip up like me and like you know you say 30 380 or whatever I said before <laughs> it's fine you know no one no one's going to die because you said that but just knowing the three you know these three things you want to take away have one key message if somebody was telling their friend I saw this great Facebook live this great LinkedIn live it was about how to plan your 2020 thing I think I think this is probably my writing background I just simplify everything and the the more simple you can keep it the less things that you've going to talk about you'll you'll be better and all of us we're all experts like we're experts in whatever it is that we we do we just need that guidance but yeah I'd be interested to know your thoughts on the teleprompter thing as well yeah, definitely. I agree with you about the the teleprompter because it, you end up actually becoming a robot. You know, you were talking earlier about the, the the power of live video. And when you do pre-recorded video, you end up not liking the way you look and you sound. And I think it's the same with pre-recorded video. It's just not natural. So I I definitely recommend just writing it out or typing it out uh, some three, three bullet points. I think three is, it is the perfect number. There's something, I don't know whether it's like um, medieval times or like, it's almost like a biblical number number of three there's something about mm. it and it just does work it's just don't overcomplicate things and the other thing I like to do in, in is have a checklist so I would try and sometimes I'll forget uh, not so much now because I'm practiced at this but at the start what's the first thing that I'm going to say and often that is mm. hi my name's Ian Anderson Gray and not that I, hopefully I won't forget my own name but then thank mm. you so much for watching the replay and and so I just try and remind myself what I'm going to do and uh, that just reminds me, I've got uh, a checklist on, this isn't so much on the content. So this is what Janet's talking about, is about the, the content. But in terms of like the checklist of all the stuff that you have to do, if you go to iag.me forward slash live checklist, you can find out all about that and how, how, to, how to sort all of that out. But I think that does actually link in really nicely with the content because... Mm you gave me your checklist before I did my Christmas market last year. Do you know what? Live video. My cat is trying to get out the window. <laughs> this is live video for you. My cat is like, I'm going to have to let my cat out because otherwise he's going to. Yeah, you do. Oh. You do that. I've just let my cat 
out the window sorry about that um so um it always comes at the most inconvenient times but you giving me that checklist for my christmas market that actually helped me with the content because i had i used to do this when i first did webinars actually i used to have a checklist of things that we had to check you know have i gone live like have i pressed this button and i used to actually physically tick them off just to check that i've done them now i'm a little bit more experienced and i can kind of uh, wing it a bit but you giving me that checklist before my christmas market i did actually print it out and I ticked off each bit to check that I'd done all the things but that helps with the content because if you've if you know you've got that checklist then you're going to be less nervous when you go live and you're going to deliver a better piece of content basically yeah definitely got Ant McGinley's here uh, so it's great so great to see you Ant at the weekend he uh, he was uh, putting up the the Pods Up North conference which is just down the road in Manchester and he says you're both this is talking back about the consistency thing you're both con- completely right and not only does that consistency satisfy your audience it also keeps teaching you in the same way you learn if you went to salsa or piano lessons consistently every week. Just by turning up in three months, six months a year, you will improve massively. And I, I've found that with going to the gym. I never thought I'd get fit and, and go to the gym, but actually turning up every week, having a personal trainer has really helped me. So mm. going back to, you know, you talking about having that accountability, I think that's a really, really good tip. Mm. We're running out of time. I just had a few other quick questions, which is, should we just focus on one? channels so for example facebook live or should we broadcast live this is specifically on live video should we think about broadcasting to a number of different networks out there well i would say you've, you've got to start simple so ian touched on this before with the Streamyard thing is that yeah in an ideal world we'd all want to broadcast to as many platforms as possible but even when i was watching ian say that and i was thinking oh god that would be a bit stressful <laughs> so i think you've got to start you've got to start where you are so if you're not a very experienced live broadcaster i would just start with facebook and then once you're comfortable with that maybe you could start broadcasting to another or maybe you could yeah you know, i think sometimes we overcomplicate things and if you try and you know what you could do i guess is repeat do a broadcast repeat it on facebook then on instagram live then on linkedin or whatever and but you know i think when you're first starting out that could get really overwhelming and you end up doing a lot of things not very well. Yeah. Um, and it's much better, I think, to do one thing really well. The theme of my, I had a live event called 2020 Sorted, which is my content planning event. That was the key theme, really, was like focus on one thing and do it well. So I had somebody who t- got up and talked about just being on LinkedIn, but she does it really, really well. I had um, other people who talked about focusing on another platform like Instagram or whatever and doing it really, really well. Once you've got the hang of one platform or one medium for doing your live broadcasting, then you can move to another one. But I think if you try and do it all at once, you will end up probably feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. You might get fed up with the tech and it might be too much. Even I was watching Ian with streaming. I was thinking, oh my God, that sounds like too much. I was talking about it before we got on, wasn't I? I was talking about how I was thinking about buying a second phone so that I yeah. could do do that. But I've been doing it for quite a long time. I'm probably at the stage where I could do that. But if you try and do it upfront, mm. You could just end up, that's where you give up, isn't it? If you make it too hard exactly. for yourself, it's where you give up, isn't it? And this is why when I, when I first broadcast this, the Confident Live Marketing show, I went for Facebook first first work only to begin with. And it's only just now that I'm starting to look at other channels. Now, I will say StreamYard does make it really, really easy. But even so, just 
don't make life too complicated. Just focus mm-hmm. on one audience. Because the other thing you've got to think about is you want to engage with, with your audience. And that's one of the powerful things about live video. So I, mm-hmm. I'm following the comments on all the different platforms. LinkedIn is a bit mm-hmm. tricky because the comments don't always come in properly. And that, mm-hmm. that brings me on to my final question to you, really, which is LinkedIn Live. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you've played, well, not just played around with it, you've used it quite a bit. What are your thoughts on it? I think it's great. Like my favorite thing about it at first was that it notifies people that you've gone live. So that was brilliant. So and because I was one of the first people to get it <laughs> uh, in the UK, that was brilliant because I was people were, you know, getting notified that I was going live. I wasn't turning up and spending hours like preparing broadcasts. I was basically taking something that maybe I'd talked about elsewhere that day, or maybe I was taking the theme of my podcast. It's a great way to connect with people. I've actually been focusing my efforts recently on Instagram. Like I've gone all in on one platform and it's going to be Instagram for me for 2020. That is my platform where I'm really focusing. I'm so active on LinkedIn, but I think you can't do everything. But I loved it. And I love the audience on LinkedIn as well, because I think the LinkedIn audience, they're just really kind of like keen to interact with you and and to converse with you which is fantastic I use Switcher Studio and I used it on my phone I'm not the techiest person in the world like I hired Ian to help me with my Christmas market last year didn't I Um, because even though I'm quite an experienced live broadcaster the tech not the tech itself but just the kind of like just all the moving parts involved with it overwhelmed me a little bit but I like the fact that using Switcher Studio I literally could just go live on my phone and it was so so easy and I always do the same I start off you know I wouldn't start bringing guests on and things like that until I got used to doing it on my own um but yeah I really liked it and I love the audience on LinkedIn I think they're really keen to engage and positive and and so yeah I loved it well that's great we've got we've got over 30 people watching us live on LinkedIn which is great and and they're all lovely people so thank you so much for watching and yeah I, I found that the engagement on LinkedIn is far superior to other platforms like Facebook mm. at, at the moment but of course it depends where your audience hang out and presumably you're focusing on Instagram mainly because you're audience are there and that's where you're getting the most business but is that is that why yeah and I just feel like if I was going to make one prediction for next year I think Instagram is kind of where it at it's at or it certainly is for for me um that's where my audience are and in terms of like attracting new people like more of the same I think that's where my audience are so I think you've Mm. got to focus on where your audience are so I've been working on quite an aggressive I say aggressive not a great way to put it but uh, Instagram strategy and I've added two and a half thousand new followers in the last like five or six weeks in fact I think this week I will have added a thousand Um, And that just goes goes to show what consistency, like having a strategy, knowing what it is that you're going to post, when you're going to post it, really doing the spending the time to understand what your audience wants, spending some time experimenting. I I spent about 30 days just experimenting on the platform to see what I thought would stick. But yeah, I think by the time I get to the end of tomorrow, we'll have added a thousand new followers in a week, which is quite phenomenal. Um, But that is just consistency commitment content yeah. they're the they're the names of the game really that's awesome yeah and for, so if you're listening or, or watching and you're thinking wow a thousand how on earth am i going to do that you've got to remember that janet's been doing this for a while <laughs> you know this is not right from the start but you know the, if you i mean just follow Jan, janet's uh, instagram account because it is so consistent and just the attention to detail it's just, and it's fun as well i mean i you know i love your stories and I, not that i kind of I've, i find the only problem with stories is i can't watch them every single day because i'm busy doing other mm-hmm. things but I do try and catch up on, on your stories that, and that's the other thing video wise mm. before we go is that if you're a bit nervous about video Instagram yeah. stories is brilliant because 15 second clips 
you can just jump on there. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's, it's, I've had some clients who don't want to show their face and they've done p- uh, videos of their hands drawing or like making things or whatever. It's a great place to kind of cut your teeth, I think. Definitely. Well, just a few final comments. Uh, Victoria Sheridan says, yes, Janet, our brains remember easily in threes. Scott Smith says, it's the imperfections that make life interesting. And Brandon Schaefer's here. Great to see you, Brandon. The simpler, the better. And engagement is great for true engagement and building relationships. So how can people find out more about you? And I've mentioned your podcast, you've got your web, where's your website and and how can people find out more and order your media diary? Right. So the best place to find me (laughs) is on my website, janetmurray.co.uk. The media diary is there. So it's janetmurray.co.uk slash media diary. I do have a special offer for listeners of your podcast. So I'm going to give you a code now, which is IAG20. Now that would give you 20% off my diary or diary related products. So I've got the Diary Owners Club, which is like an accountability support club to go with it. Uh, so if you use that code, you can't use it retrospectively, I'm afraid. If you've already bought your diary, you can't count now, nab it and, and ask for a discount. But from this moment onwards, um, if you pick up that code, your people will ask. I know they will. <laughs> um, then, um, then you can use this. This is a special privilege for listeners of Ian's show. So, so yeah. And lots of four different beautiful covers um i think you've chosen the hawaiian haven't you um yes Ian? yes um which i haven't got to hand i've got one behind me so i've got one here but let me just show you this is the one ian's got the hawaiian oh, i see isn't that nice that's nice isn't it and then this is i've got to show i said i wasn't going to show for but that's it this is the the blush and gold which is very plush so there um, we go that's fair yeah. obviously if you're listening to the podcast you won't have seen it, but just imagine and in fact you know so what was the website again it's janetmurray.co.uk janetmurray.co.uk yeah, yeah. and so. if you go to janetmurray.co.uk slash media diary 2020 media diary that will get you there and if you use the iag20 That'd be great. Yeah. That's, that's the code. Well, thank you, John. It's been great to have you on the show. Thank you so much if you've been watching uh, either live on Facebook or LinkedIn or watching the replay. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you're not already subscribed to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast, just go to your favorite podcasting app, search for the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. It'd be great to have you. That means that you won't miss a show. We go weekly every Friday. That's where the podcast is. But until next time, I encourage you to level up your impact, authority and profits. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Be sure to join the community at iag.me where you can continue to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, toodaloo. My content, I've got a lot of live streams. Oh, who, oh, who can help me? Oh, where is Janet Murray? Oh, where, oh, where, oh, don't despair. Oh, where is Janet Murray? I need to plan my content. I have a lot of live streams. Oh, who, oh, who can help me? Oh, who, oh, who can help me? Oh, where is Janet Murray? Oh, where is Janet Murray? I need to plan my content. I have a lot of live streams. Oh, who, oh, who can help me? Oh, where is Janet Murray? Oh, where, oh, where, oh, don't despair. Oh, where is Janet Murray? Oh, 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 oh
man in Mary. Oh, where, oh, where, oh, don't despair. Oh, where is Janet Murray?